you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Sheck Show is great. Everybody likes it. But before you even touch that show, you got to come check out the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, which has our most recent episode where we talked about the combine coming up, all the news in the NFL, including some big cuts out of St. Louis. And then we got Connor Orr on the phone. It was a good one. Check it out, nfl.com slash podcast and on iTunes. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, presented as always by McDonald's. All day breakfast. Go get you some any time of the day. Hash browns will be waiting for you in one of those neat little paper sleeping bags that pockets they that they yeah, have. Right, egg McMuffin sausage McMuffin, whatever your pleasure, really. If it's breakfast, you can get it at McDonald's. Let's say hello to those joining me in Studio 66 right now. Two of my very favorites here from the NFL media. First of of all, seated to my immediate (laughs) left before we depart. And by the way, we'll uh, talk a little combine here because uh, I'm going to jump a flight and head over to Indianapolis in, uh, in a matter of hours. But let's say hello to my man seated right to my left here. He's a Green Bay Packers fan. He talks fantasy. He writes about fantasy. He talks about the game called life. It's Alex Galhar. What's the poop, fella? Excited to be back here with Marcus now and talking all day breakfast and combine and quarterbacks. It should be a good show. Yeah, that's well. He just basically gave you a preview there. Well done there, <laughs> Alex Galhar. And then uh, the aforementioned one, here he is, everybody. It's Marcus Grant. What's the poop with you, fella? You know, they say breakfast is the most important meal of the day, so it's nice that we can have it all day whenever you want to. to that is it. true. And ah, in a way, that's the point. synergy between McDonald's and Damashek, the most important <laughs> meal with the most important show joining forces, two powerful brands made ever stronger by the union. You know, you understand how that uh, how that makes sense. And I don't know if you've been reading the business trades, but McDonald's stock on the rise. It's profits on the rise. Check stock on the rise. Incidents. Oh, 
coincidence that uh, McDonald's sort of the old uh, Damashek bump. Your, your draft up. stock, your draft stock is going up now. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's, it's time sort for of the like, combine. I know the the you know the NFL adding one piece doesn't make a world of difference, but it's more like an NBA kind of situation here. You add one great piece, all of a sudden your franchise can yeah. turn around. McDonald's adds Damashek. Never There's no back. I in McDonald's and no I in Damashek either. So that's wow, right. that's right. That we're really putting it, putting it together. First question <laughs> is, and we're going to talk about we're going to continue our series about ranking the best quarterbacks ever. We're up to Super Bowl forty. We'll tell you who the best quarterbacks of all time were as of January two thousand and six. That would have been that would have been right after the Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Seattle Seahawks in Super Bowl forty in Detroit, where I was at the fifty yard line, seated directly next to. I'm trying to think of that guy's name now. Jessica Alba's husband, Cash. Cash Warren. I sat right next to Cash Warren for Super Bowl fifty. Wow. Did you know that he rooted for the Steelers? Name dropper. Wow. I just know that. Well, it's not like we were friends. I, what, uh, I just know that his father was an, an actor, an athlete at UCLA. Is that true? Bobby Warren was on Hill Street Blues. That's his father? That's his father. Cash Warren's yes. father is Bobby Warren. From the Hill guy- Street Blues, played, uh, played, at, uh, played basketball at UCLA for John Wooden. Yeah. Holy wow. hell. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrific revelation. All right, so we're going to do that, and then we want to get caught up on what's going on with some of these – veterans who are contemplating retirement have kind of announced retirement and some other guys that are getting released right now names that you would know real quick though what do we think about Gronk boat this I mean I mean now it's another excuse for the residents of Mount Pius to wring their hands and tisk tisk that's my reaction to it Marcus Grant I you you. look I I had this I think everybody had this opinion formed in their head this vision that it was just going to be some sort of floating bacchanal for like a, a, you know three or four days or whatever and so uh, I know Alex and I have talked about this there was some disappointment when the reports came out that it was not nearly as debaucherous as we thought it was going to be but you know whatever I, I don't I don't have a problem with him doing it it's it's Gronk being Gronk going out and having a good time I mean this is a guy who still shows up to work when it's time he, he works hard he, he's successful on the field and Hey, he's a young single man who's enjoying his life, and good on him for it. Right, he's working hard and he's playing even harder. I don't think there's any any of us should begrudge him that just because he wants to throw a party on a boat in some in some beaches with friends and people he's never met instead of <laughs> you know binge watching Making a Murder on Netflix. That's his decision. We should, all, we should all be so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so that you're on. You know what? Here's a, here's a sad omission. Uh, admission by me, I think I'd probably take the Netflix option. I, I <laughs> one one I, I Gronk can do whatever he wants to do, short of committing felonies. I don't care what he gets into, really. And some things that are considered felonies in these in this country shouldn't be considered felonies anyway. But I'm not going to go in that route. I will say that wouldn't would it interest me to be on a boat like that in that situation? No, no I would I would hate to be on that one. That being said. I couldn't care less. And if it had been, uh, you know, hedonism delight, I don't care. He's in his 20s. We talked about this the other day, too. I think I thought it would be fascinating to go there and just take it in and people watch. But since it was like a three-day cruise, by like the middle of day two, I think I would be like, how do I get off the boat right now? I've I've had my fill of Gronk partiness, like just – 
let me much back much like Groucho Marx would not want to be a member of any club that would have him as a member. I don't know that I would necessarily want to be on a boat with all the people who'd want to be on a Gronk boat. That's exactly right. Yes, it doesn't appeal to me. However, this is the latest uh, excuse for people to wring their hands and uh, eh, it's not be concerned. Deal. Yeah, people don't have a, a, enough actual things to worry about. <laughs> Let's talk about. Uh, so we 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 can circle back to that. But what about this? I'm going to the combine. And it occurred to me the other day, shouldn't it be combined? Well, what are you combining, though? Yeah. What do you mean, when am I combining? What, what's a, co- a combine? A is- combine's a big tractor, isn't it? Oh, well, that makes much better sense. I'm not I, saying I it makes corrected. sense. I mean, what, it's in Indianapolis? It's in the heartland of America? Combines, tractors? I, I'm from California. I, I posed the query on Twitter, and somebody did give me a good response to that. They said, well, since it's in Indiana, you know, the heartland mm-hmm. and farming and all that, and the combine's purpose is to separate the wheat from the chaff, which is what a combine uh, does. But I don't think uh, that. I don't think the framers of the combine were that. Is, is there a separate interpretation interpretation of combine that we're just forgetting? Or I looked it up in a dictionary. As a matter of fact, oh, there wow, are different good. pronunciations. A combine is, as we say, a farming machine. Right. Combine is a word. Can be a noun. It's to add one thing to another. It's a collective doing the same express thing. Clearly, it should be combined. It just doesn't wow. have as good of a ring to it, though. The NFL man. scouting combine. The combine. <laughs> or, or maybe it should have a better name altogether. Can we think of a better name for it? I, job, I don't, job fair? Well, this is. I'm glad you brought this point up. <laughs> the NFL job the fair? The pro football job fair. I don't, I, think like this is, I don't think this is a, ta- like a take you should die with, Sheck. Not like those people that pronounce encyclopedia, encyclopedia or anything. Yeah. Just this was a good point. It was very interesting, but I think you should probably just let it go. I, I can't. You know me too well to know that I'll let you. I, I know. That's no why I'm trying to get ahead of it right now and no advise chance. you to just to stop. No, I, well, there are the pretentious people who insist for about a decade while we walked the planet Earth that uh, it was not Van Gogh, but in fact it was Van Gogh. And then they were, and then that was dispelled and they looked like pretentious asses for the rest of that the time. That sounds awful, actually. But I'm, I'm going to do it. The NFL combined. And I'm going I think out. I will join you in this. I'm going to go to the combine. Oh, don't don't encourage them. <laughs> join me, Marcus Grant. It's the, the right scouting. Path. The scouting combine. I'm going to the combine, um, uh, as I mentioned, in just a <laughs> few hours, and be on the lookout in the coming days. Uh, Pat McAfee is uh, is the ambassador in Indianapolis. He's going to show me his Indianapolis. So I'm looking forward to that. He's a Pittsburgh guy too. Fascinating fella. In fact, I was he is. He, is. Him. he did you know he won the punt pass kick competition? Did he, he did. Yeah. Okay, see, now this is, by the way, I, I kind of have this uh, beef a little bit. When it comes to Major League Baseball players who've been in the Little League World Series, it's like we know all of them. It's like, you know, they, they trot these guys out and they talk to you about them. We don't seem to know all the people who won the punt, pass, and kick and yet have been in the NFL. All we see is the photo of Andy Reid, you know, being some towering sort of 250-pound, 12-year-old and towering over all the other little kids. But we don't know. I know uh, there's Brandon Manu Maliuna who played tight end in the NFL. He was a punt, pass, and kick winner. But I feel like the league doesn't highlight these, these guys enough. couple issues with the punt, pass, kick competition. One is why there are three legs to it and two of them are kicking-based. <laughs> Shouldn't they modify that? Well, you can't have punt run with punt running. Sure, I don't, pass, I don't catch. I don't know, catch it. I mean, run, see how fast you run. <laughs> what, what, what is it? What kind of thing is that? See how fast you come off the edge and can sack a QB. I mean, this, this is a f- sport with foot in the name, though. Oh, dude. now all of a sudden we're worried about that. <laughs> now we have to 
we better redress all of football then because there's very little actual kicking going on in the great game of well, football. Probably back when the – I don't even know the history of the punt, pass, and kick. Nor do I. When it started, it might have still been more – when the sport was more predicated on kicking. Too much kicking for my taste, one. And uh, my second beef and probably the bigger one is that they pour those – that they put those – poor kids in a terrible spot annually by introducing them in between the third and fourth quarters of title games and very often the home team's losing so the, the, <laughs> the home crowd wants nothing to do with it you know they're like, hey everybody put your hands together for Martha James she's the, your 11 year old punt pass and kick winner from like boo well, nobody wanted, nobody the, wanted the worst that. is when they always have the kid who represents a team that is the rival of the team you know yes let's say in, I remember you know once they did it I think in in Oakland and it was you know and now representing the Denver Bron- boo and you, you didn't hear the poor kid name because as soon as they said Denver Broncos it was it was pretty much all over goth kid behind the glass you just said that I should move on from this you're bored already he is bored <laughs> yes he is bored black tie you're who bored? doesn't love a riveting punt pass and kick <laughs> right we just have a lot of stuff to get to it's February <laughs> I'm allowed to talk about the punt pass king competition also, in our defense, Galhar and Marcus who Grant. else is bringing you punt pass and kick hot takes like the Dave Damashek football program right yeah. nobody agreed I would probably guarantee it you know what I would call the punt, pass, and kick a competition? I would call it a combine. That's what it is. It's a combine. It is a youth, a, youth, a youth combine. Uh, Sweet. On, on that note, should we, should we move along? <laughs> so now Alex wants to now, move I'm, on, now too. I'm ready. I'm ready. McAfee <laughs> won, won that thing, and then he also was apparently the best soccer player in the Pittsburgh area, which I guess is damning with faint praise, but nevertheless, he's the, he was the best <laughs> at it as a youth. I don't, I don't know a lot of great soccer players uh, when I was growing up, but then we talked about the fact that he, his, he and his father said, "Look, let's just see, because you're a great soccer player. Let's see if you can kick a football. How it translates." First time he kicked it, he told me, 60-yard field goal. He made it. Wow! And then we got to talking. This is the magic bullet that everybody should do with their children. If your kid is good at soccer, see if he can kick a football. That's the business. I wish I had listened to my father when he did that because I was a good soccer player, but I preferred to stick with soccer. I was like, I don't want to be a kicker. Like, nobody likes the kickers. And then I got older and I was in college, you know, racking up student loan debt, and I'm seeing kickers (laughs) sign, like, $15 million deals. And I'm like, I made a horrible mistake. Yeah, I mean, I remember, in fact, I'll oh, say it says on the screen now, check, please move on to the next topic. Everybody's <laughs> bored with my conversation that I'm trying to make with Oh, Gallup. Pat McAfee and uh, Pun Pass and Kick. Really? Top That's of right. The show. Top of the show, Shaq. You got to hook, hook your listeners. No, we started in. the show with Gronk Boat. Hook yeah, we started listeners. with the Gronk That's Boat. Right. They're we, hooked. We did the salacious Gronk Boat at the top. And I sir. teased quarterbacks later. They know, you know, the crown jewel of the NFL. The gold's coming. coming. We're up. just getting our feet <laughs> wet here, Black Tie. Lighten up, fella. Do you, what do you want to talk about? Whether or not the Warriors can beat the Cavs? Because a lot of people are now, uh, a lot no, of people no, are no. on Damashek's train. What did I say? Uh, let's move on. Let me just tell you what I said two months ago, and Black Tie scoffed how ridiculous I did you scoff are. How ridiculous! Now you hear a lot of people saying that they should have done that. I submitted to Black Tie that the Clippers would do well to offer Chris Paul to the Cavs in exchange for Kyrie Irving. The Cavs would be crazy to say no to that. They're in win now mode. Black Tie said, "Oh, they would. Why would? Why would the Clippers ever want Kyrie Irving? How say you now, Black Tie?" I, I completely agree. Like, why would the Clippers want Kyrie? Because he's six years or seven years younger. I understand than Chris that. Paul. I think the Cavs have to add more to that deal, though. 
I, mean, I don't think. Yeah, it's a different. That's a different conversation. Let's yeah, move that's, on. let's move on. Marcus Grant likes the uh, Warriors. Though. I am a I Warriors wanna, fan. I, I want to know what you think about this because people, for some reason, this conversation has resurfaced two months after we had it with Matt Money Smith. The '96 Bulls versus the current Warriors. Who wins that seven-game series? Um, I think under the the current rules, as the rules in the NBA are, I think the Warriors win that series simply because uh, I mean, I think their ball movement may be a little bit better. I think they would have problems inside. Uh, I think the Bulls would would create a, a a tougher matchup in the paint. But I just, I mean, on the perimeter, who do you guard? I mean, obviously you you, you focus on Steph, but you still have Clay. Uh, you know, Harrison Barnes can come off the bench and provide some solid minutes. So uh, maybe yeah, it's homerism. We don't we don't think MJ and uh, Scottie Pippen could. Oh no, close I think, those two down. I, I think they I think they could definitely do a very good job on them. But you know, I mean, there's so much with Steph. I mean, he is shooting lights. The guy's shooting like almost. Gelhar just said it though. That would be. I mean, Jordan on Steph, Steph and Scotty on Scotty on Clay. Good night to both. Well, but I think guys. one of them. I think I think Iguodala ends up guarding one of those guys too. And the X factor, as Matt Money Smith pointed out, uh, is uh, is the worm, Dennis Rodman. He it would do everything. They could go small. All you. I would love to see a Dennis Rodman Draymond Green matchup. Oh, that'd be terrific. Black tie. You still want us to move on now? You've had enough of NBA talk as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a broader conversation, so I don't want. It's a nuanced conversation. I don't want to have in, in ten seconds. So. Uh, I see we're even apologizing nuanced. to the viewers. <laughs> yeah. now. Maybe doing, we should move again. On. Check you're doing the whole one-on-one matchup thing when you're talking about team basketball. It doesn't doesn't apply. Oh, black tie. Black apply. ties never noticed that uh, the NBA often boils down to. One-on-one Actually, that's if, exactly if, if you're what watching the game, you, I know that that's not what Golden State does, but for the preceding 25 years, <laughs> that's exactly what basketball that. was. But they've moved away from that. The Spurs championships, even Miami championships, uh. and the Warriors, they've moved away from that type of basketball. All right. Get now it. we'll talk about – oh, and also I'm going to meet up with Greg Olson, another great fellow from the NFL. Uh, and apparently he might shave me. Or there might be some shaving going on. I have a beard. He had his shave. This well, sounds unseemly. Best of luck to you and your beard. I know. I offered to shave uh, Andrew Luck. I'm going to be in Indianapolis. Maybe now's the time that I could uh, shave him. In the meantime, Calvin Johnson, I want to kibitz about this. I The day he announced his retirement. or day, he, ne- he, he has yet to officially announce his retirement. Right. Other people have reported, and we've heard the Lions say that they uh, had – uh, hint that he was going to retire, but it's a little weird now, right, Gelhar? I mean, I don't. I, I just flat out think we're going to see eighty-one in the what do they call it? Honolulu blue in yes, the Honolulu, Honolulu blue, blue come twenty sixteen. Ah, I don't know. It seems like this writing's been on the wall for a while. He's been the last couple years. He has had to soldier through a lot of injuries, and I just think he's he might be past the point of coming back. He's made more money than he ever needs. Like. That team's not exactly going to be gunning for a championship next year unless they maybe add some pieces in free agency and he'd have to restructure his deal. But I don't know. I think he might just be hanging them up. Might be following the Barry Sanders path. I think there's a chance, and I think the Lions would need him for this to be true. But I have a I have a feeling that that NFC North is going to be mighty in 2016. The Packers yes. bounce back, right? The Vikings are – here to stay, I would I would think. I think Teddy Bridgewater can only get better from where he was this past season. And the Lions were quietly pretty good this year. I know that they were sort of a train wreck for a month there, but I think on the whole they, they played quietly good ball. They got better once Jim Bob Cooter started calling the shots right. uh, for the offense. And they really essentially beat the Seahawks in Seattle. 
and they essentially beat the Packers in Detroit, and they had a couple of tough ones go against them that way. They weren't really that far off from where they were the year prior. Marcus Grant, is Calvin Johnson playing next year? I don't think so. I think no. he's, I think he's done. And I think, but I think you're going to start to see it more. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys retire fairly early, kind of citing health concerns and that sort of thing. And I think you're going to see some guys. Uh, the goal I know for a lot of players is to get to that second contract because that's where the big money is. Right. And I think you'll see a lot of guys get to and through that second contract. And if you're able to make money the way Calvin Johnson has, the way guys you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago never were, uh, I do think that a lot of guys are going to look at this and look at you know their future down the road and say, okay, is my continuing to play worth the you know the lingering health issues I'm going to face when I'm done playing? And I do think you're going to start to see more guys who retire at 31, 32 years old. I mean, there will always be those guys who play 15, 18, 20 years. That will always happen. But I think you're going to start to see fewer of those guys as they start to uh, kind of weigh the risk versus the reward. I completely agree with that, and I also think the pendulum swings the other way, which is to say the teams are going to start. I think you're going to see this more and more and more and more. Savvy teams, at least, are not going to pay the big second contract to running backs, the position that suffers most from that attrition that happens in the first few years. Specifically, the Steelers are going to have a decision to make on Levy and Bell. I think few argue that he would appear to be, when right, the the best runner in, in the game right now, the most complete running back. But would the Steelers do well to pony up what it's going to take to keep him? $12 million a year, $10 million a year? After this following year, I say no. I think that you I watch. I think they are going to grab a running back in the draft somewhere, you know, round two, round three, somewhere around where they got Bell and try to move on from him. I think that's going to become the just savvy think play. The, the day of the ten million dollar running back contract has kind of gone by the wayside. We saw Demarco Murray was coming off his best statistical year, and everything seemed to be lining up for him. And he still his contract is only like seven mil a year, I think, hmm. seven or eight. It was definitely less than what. People, I think, had anticipated in going into them. I think yeah. the market has kind of already adjusted, so I don't think teams are going to have to pony up that dough, but they might even be hesitant to go that much. Like, that's what Doug Martin's seeking right now, and we'll see in a couple weeks when free agency starts if Tampa's going to do that or if somebody else is or if he's going to have to take a lesser deal. Well, in the meantime, some big names are starting to get cut. We see Marcus Colston is getting cut by the Saints. No surprise there. I thought I didn't know that he had been in the league post uh, – 2009. I haven't noticed him <laughs> actually doing anything over the last several years. Peyton Manning, will he be playing pro football? And if so, where? I like, and I talked about this last week, I like the fit. It's weird to say, but I kind of it makes sense to me if if you're the Rams going after Peyton. No. I kind of like that, kind of for a novelty sort of yeah, thing. No. I mean, I enjoy watching football. I do not want to see Peyton Manning. I don't either, noodle, but I. Arming it to that. I'm saying I get it before. if you're the. I'm not saying it's a smart move, but I get it if you're the I mean, Rams. You've moved All back past. to Los Angeles where you know you need star power. Why not make a splash yeah, and right. bring, in, bring in Peyton Manning? I mean, yeah, from a football standpoint, it makes zero sense at all. But, like, from a you – know, having lived in this town for pretty much 15 years and seeing how this thing works, yeah, the 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 Hollywood Dream Factory cranks up. Peyton Manning maybe, uh, you know, leads the Rams out onto the field at the Coliseum in that first game. That uh, having, having liked Peyton Manning throughout his career and admiring what he's done on the football field, he has the rare opportunity to go out on top right now. 
He and he didn't even get to do it like John Elway, where he those you know, guys did, he did well at the plainly end. don't care at I know. all about that. I know. <laughs> however, however, what we don't want to see is him come out and do a 2010 Brett Favre. Like he was Manning was already bad enough this year, battling through his injuries and other things. We do not want to see him come out and just completely like fall apart on the football field. That would be sad. Well, to see his to see his career end that. Well, way. by the way, he already Whereas, did that in 2015. That's Somehow what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But, what, but, saying. Yeah, but see, what I see, I mean, what I said about Peyton Manning, and I, I'm not the only one who said this. I, I know our friend Chris Westling has made the same analogy that you know, for for instance, my people, my father's generation talk about Willie Mays at the end of his career with the Mets, and you know, falling down in the outfield. And it kind of felt that way for Peyton Manning at times last year. If he goes to the Rams, it will truly be that. There level. is, and players can say, I don't care about that, but I but but I think they do care is the irony. But in the moment, it's not as important to them as I want one more. I want to keep going. I don't want to I don't want to quit there. Let's let's what, also what what one more what though it's for Peyton at this point. They what like more pl- could you want? Like what is like Mark is saying the Rams, like what's the point? They enjoy the process. I mean the thing is too, whether it's these- that you enjoy breaking down a team or what do you always hear? There's not I'm gonna remember the game. It's the camaraderie I, in the locker room. I love room. hanging out in the locker room and, and on the flights. Also, That's all the fun. I'm gonna miss that. A they lot of these that. guys don't know anything else other than football. Like it's it's a huge culture shock for them when they do retire because this has been their existence forever and you lose that structure and stuff here, I think a here, lot of guys it you know it takes them back like why do here it's the same people and and you know I'm I'm guilty of that too because I love the story the, the the way that that puts a bow on your career I would want to go out on top you know, go out a champ and walk off into the sunset and all that but it's the same thing as why does Robert De Niro make so many garbage movies why did he just make that picture <laughs> with the uh, handsome guy what's that Zac Efron dirty Zacket Dirty Grandpa. Why'd he make that movie? Because it's fun. That's why. Because it's three well, months on a movie set. It's fun living. Why does Steve Martin, why would he dare do uh, Inspector Clouseau? Same reason. Yeah, it's fun to do that. Why does Adam Sandler make terrible movies well, every he, he year? Because it's fun jobs. to make movies. He creates jobs for all his buddies, too. Plus, oh, Nick Cage. You can, you can get older and you can hit that role near you know later in your life where you're like, okay maybe i made a bunch of trash movies for the last but I, you know i found that one role late in my career Peyton's not getting any better. <laughs> you know, Peyton can keep running out there. He's not going to get any better. There's not going to be some magical 2016 resurrection of Peyton Manning, and we're going to think it's like 2008 again. And you know, well, the question happen. is, does so really? It comes back to not just for. I don't even think it's ego so much as maybe a Gelhars. Uh, there's a portion of it that probably is right that you know you don't want the lights to go off. That there's a, that that you like being. The man, and once that goes away, what am I, what's going to become of my life, and where you know is the rest of it going to be uh, you know anticlimactic? I I can see some of that being the case. Maybe there's a business element to it that it lets him uh, you know. He's been very his- good to pop his sponsors uh, recently in the last yes. year or so. I mean, I I I just I kind of I do kind of get it. I don't think it's wise, but I can see. And if from the Rams' standpoint, right, it would uh, it would certainly ensure the seats being filled up. No. I want, I want no <laughs> also, why would he go into a division where he'd have to face the Seahawks and the Cardinals two times a year with those defenses? That would be a lot of wear and tear on that would on be a, That there. would be a lot of these sacks again where he flops down onto the ground. Look how neatly you just uh, pivoted. That's the first time I've heard it done so so. Uh, casually, that you when you invoked the NFC West, you didn't even try to mention the Niners. You didn't have to say almost had to catch myself. It's the Cardinals, uh, not the Niners. Yeah, no, no, that, I, no. I think that ship has sailed. Who's the quarterback for the LA Rams in 2016? Is it RG three? 
Chase Daniel. Really? I don't know. No. No, I don't know. RG three could go there. I uh, I would I wouldn't mind seeing him go to Houston actually and working with uh, the notorious Bob Bill O'Brien down there. I don't see any sign that that's what. That it doesn't sound like it's going to go Bill there. O'Brien. No. I know people like to put him there because they need a QB, but Christian Hackenberg makes too much sense in my book. They have a history. They have together. history together. Yeah, that that and there were reports swirling that he might do anything he can to get Hackenberg, which could toss up the whole thing. I mean, I think people talk about their – and the Rams aren't really a terrible fit. I mean, you, you, it would be interesting to have a backfield of, of Robert Griffin and Todd Gurley. Yes. You know, and maybe delivering the ball to Tavon Austin every every so often. Um, that sounds good, right? It does that sound sounds fun. Good. It does sound a lot of fun, although I feel like Jeff Fisher would find a way to suck the fun out of all of that. Yes. Um, it I would also, still lead to a 7-9 and nine season. Of course it would. I also think it would be interesting to see – if the 49ers maybe make a run at uh, and uh, you mentioned that them not kind of you know being in the mix right now in the NFC West but making a run at RG3 especially if they can't come to some sort of agreement with Colin Kaepernick right now Chip Kelly is in there with his offense and, and you know Sam Bradford obviously wasn't the guy to run it Nick Foles was not the guy to run it you wonder if maybe they put their trust in Robert Griffin the third and let him be athletic again if maybe he works out well in that offense. well the dream scenario for me that I started talking about I think in September was I don't care where they do it but I want cap and RG3 all through August that's that and I want hard knocks there that's the that's the three <laughs> way I have to insist upon RG3 cap and the cameras of hard knocks all in the same place covering that for a month. So then let's send them to Buffalo. So then you've got Rex and Rob Ryan with RG3, Kaepernick, and all, all that stuff no, together. Tyrod's there. We're, they're good. Okay. <laughs> well, and then the other thing is I wonder if Chip Kelly's, uh, you know, his arrogance or whatever you would call it, hubris or whatever, or however else you want to define it, Will does it go so far as him not learning from his Philly mistakes? Will he try to get Sam Bradford to, to jump out to, to the bay? I think I would certainly be worried about that. I think that Chip Kelly in San Francisco will either be spectacular, is spectacularly great or spectacularly bad and nothing in between. And it's about whether Chip Kelly's learned his lessons about, you know, being able to play nice with others. It's about whether the ownership, whether, you know, Jed York and Trent Baalke have figured out how to deal with a headstrong you know, kind of very egotistical, iconoclast coach. All right. Let's talk about RG three and Cap. Very different players, but people put them together as being basically the same, and I I can certainly see why. Will either one of those guys, both, neither, or one or the other, ever achieve anything close to the heights that we actually saw them play at with our own two eyes or the heights that we expected them to reach? Man, that's a good question. I don't know that RG3 will ever reach the heights we expected of him coming out of Baylor and after that first year. I mean, after that first year, you know, maybe tongue-in-cheek, there was like Hall of Fame talk about, you know, he's going to be the future of quarterbacking. He and Andrew Luck are going to change the game. Oh, listen, he is it for me, and we talked about it, Cam Newton – Dan Marino and RG3 had the two, rookie had the three yeah. rookie. Right. Th- th- well, in fact, Marino's – in fact, I often miscategorize that. Marino's real – I mean, the 48 touchdown season is the greatest quarterback season in, in history. That was, in fact, his sophomore season. So the splash, the numbers were there in his rookie season, but certainly don't match up with Cam or RG3. So anyway – it's so hard because both right now are kind of broken players. Like, you watch RG3 State before he ended up getting benched for Kirk Cousins, and he was just – it was bad. He was missing open players, and same with Colin Kaepernick. Like, people called him out on it, but then when you would watch him playing for the Niners last year, it was his first read, and then if that wasn't there, he would run. So, 
It would take it would de- a lot depends on it. Like, I can't really pick a player right now, but it would need to be a situation where they'd have to get with a coach that is able to break them down and rebuild them, sort of thing. I well, I, I suppose I agree with uh, with that logic, but I don't buy the health thing for RG three. I feel like it's psychological. So yeah, so there's it was big- more so he he lost sight of it and stuff like that, and he just he re- totally. I want I want answers. I don't want speculation. <laughs> Gelhar, I start with you. Everybody's got to go in now or shame the devil, and I don't know what we're putting on the line here. Digits? Are we going to put fingers on this? Toes? So you? I have to pick hairstyles. I, I have to lose fingers. I, I don't know what. It's all to. on the. It's all on the table right now. Which one has a better chance of getting close to those heights again? Everybody I would. Everybody loves to I shoot would pick their mouths RG3. off. Let's shoot our mouths off and, pick, and have it mean something. I would pick RG three. And not so Kaepernick will never be good again. RG three will be good again. Says Gelhart. Is that right? Sure. If that's the way we're framing these arguments, yes. I would think – You could go neither. You could say neither. I just think RG3 would have a better shot if you're forcing me to pull pull the trigger on one. I I do think – I think RG3 is closer to being back to where he was because – he has skills. How could that be true? We haven't seen him play in a year. Because, now. Well, I say that because know? he's got a skill set that Kaepernick still hasn't learned yet, and, and Kaepernick ah, was okay. fun to watch. You know, when he was playing well, he has a fastball, and someone needs to teach him a changeup. Someone needs to teach him touch. Someone needs to teach him accuracy. And when RG three was right, he had all of those things. And I think for him, it's more. It really is more mental. It's about you know building his confidence. Teaching him how to slide certainly would help, but. Building his confidence again and, and kind of getting him back mentally to where he was coming out of Baylor. But in terms of skill set, I think he's far ahead of Colin Kaepernick. So here's what would be fun. Uh, have the Packers sign him for very che- RG3 for very cheap and free agency. Mike McCarthy has his notorious quarterback school. They've trained up a lot of good people behind uh, Aaron Rodgers and shipped him off for draft picks. Have him kind of break down, get RG3 back into that West Coast system, and then the Packers can trade him off for a second-round pick later. So. I love that idea. While Brett Hundley, the UCLA kid, continues to be groomed to one day take over for Aaron Rodgers. Or also be traded for a second- or third-round draft pick. All right, real quick, <laughs> what do we think about well, – yeah, another one. They could just deal him away too. All right, best place, Kaepernick. I li- you know I think that could work for him. Running around back there, if they can fix that defense. San Francisco, I don't know that he has to move somewhere else. I'd love to see him, though, more than anywhere. I More than RG3, I'd love to see Cap land in L.A. I'd like to see him be the Rams QB for 2016. That'd be interesting. They have that would pieces, be interesting. like you say. Imagine you put him in the backfield with Todd Gurley behind a an offensive line that's getting a little bit better. They beef that up a little bit more via free agency and the draft. You protect him. You have some playmakers, if nothing else, plus Todd Gurley. So you have some guys in the passing game, and then the, you let the defense dominate, and that's that. Here's, here's, here's an interesting thought for you. Um, to take Colin Kaepernick, presuming Peyton Manning is not coming back to Denver, and put him there with the Broncos. Put him in that pistol offense that he ran in college at Nevada with C.J. Anderson. Let him get out of the pocket. Maybe make you know scramble, get some scramble drills. Help Demarius Thomas do something to get open because he really struggled a lot last year. Do something to kind of move that offense around. Um, and maybe maybe he finds himself in Denver I, there with a good defense to help out as well. That's exactly right. And it's funny to put a bow on it. I think it's interesting that as recently as – you know, six weeks ago or so, we sat in Studio 66 and talked about 
boy, if you don't have your quarterback on your roster now, good luck because it ain't coming in 2016. Doesn't it feel like there's some good quarterback options? Not good or not guaranteed, but some compelling options at least. You know, what, no one after free agency? Both. Carson Wentz suddenly feels like a guy who Jared Goff people are very excited about. Cap and RG3, as we discuss, are intriguing at least. They're guys that you like as long as you don't have to plug them in right now. If you can be patient, if you're willing right. to, to be patient and let these guys develop a little bit, I think I think you do have some good quarterback options. But if you're if you're drafting or signing one of these guys thinking that, you know what, this is going to be the piece that gets us over the hump. You're going to be very disappointed. All right. Next up, we're going to do our quarterback ranking. But you did mention, Gelhard, just before we got going here, um, I always love the cliches. What are some specific scout slash combine based uh, cliches? Well, Marcus and I have a lot uh, of in the next been week. having to help out uh, chip in now that the fantasy season is over, editing uh, Lance Zierlein's great combine and draft profiles. And there's some fantastic scout speak. Do you want to start with uh, Sand in the pants is one we see very often. Sand in the pants. <laughs> sand in the pants is the one that meaning uh, sand in the pants. Uh, basically, no. It means that basically you kind of have like a a, a anchor, a, like they a can't sturdy move. lower base. You know, oh, you especially want for right base, for like yes. blocking and stuff. You know, like running backs who who can't necessarily block in pass protection don't necessarily have enough sand in the pants. Uh, there's a different turn of phrase they use frequently referring to the bubble or a bubble butt, which yes. is for people that have great explosion because that's where it all comes from is your glutes. So guys that have a Large posterior is referred to as. Is that right? Yeah. So yep. if you have a big round bum, that's good news. That's that's where depending the on what you know what you're what doing. Position. What yeah, position? Yeah, that's where playing. the explosion. That sounds good for and our old pal Maurice Jones-Drew. One of my he's got one of those nice bubbles. <laughs> one of my favorite ones that I mentioned to you before we were starting too was that I saw. I believe it was in regards to a lineman, but he was referred to having subtle hand play. <laughs> I just. Take it as you will. Oh, yeah. We need uh, we need appropriate <laughs> use. some light tinkling on the keys there. Yeah. I, I mean the old uh, the old classic uh, ball skills. I yeah, always like ball a guy skills. Ball, the skills. ball skills. I mean you know we have seen the lunch pail thing. I do around. believe, and, and you know somebody have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think somewhere on NFL.com there is kind of a Mayock scout speak glossary that I, includes like heavy legged waist bender. And that sort of thing, which is always one of my favorites. Well, the the, the gold standard of uh, of awful cliches is in basketball is uh, that has really emerged. I think just in the last ten years is score this guy ball. knows how to score the ball. Score the ball. Uh, score the basket. <laughs> that's, that's that's something people say. Up until yes. oh yeah yeah oh, oh yeah oh my I've heard quite word. a bit of that. Score the ball. What on earth do you think? Outside of Sean Kemp and Antonio Cromartie, what do you think we're talking about? <laughs> do you need the ball? He knows how to score. That's a, all right. We we'll do the math. We got we got it from <laughs> scout. Also, uh, and then, well, then again, I was talking the other. That's not a scout one. This is uh, this is more an analyst speak. Is uh, exotic defenses. Mm-hmm. Hey, he, exotic blitz packages. Well, also, is going to run an, an exotic smath, exotic smash, smash mouth, mouth offense. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yes, that's yes. If it's in Nashville, Tennessee, it's probably not exotic. Just as Dick LeBeau's <laughs> blitz packages can't be exotic when they were created on the Ohio-Pennsylvania border. Very true. Don't believe me? Go pay a visit to the Ohio-Pennsylvania <laughs> border and tell me what you see that's so exotic out there. Anywho, all right. Now let's move on to the matter at hand. Oh, you know what? I also discovered Spotify. Am I late to the party? You on are. Spotify? You're very late. You're, but welcome. Shaq, welcome how, did, how did your mind work when you're trying to transition into a topic? Like, how does it actually work? Like, take it, like, visually. Because you always, you're about to get to point B, but you always take a detour to A point It's five. only, yeah, it's, at, well, 
things flash in my brain when I'm about to start something new. Like, oh, I had other things I wanted to do. And only then, with the pressure of needing to go to something else, do I then seize on, oh, yes, I didn't get to that. It feels other. sort of like going to Costco with my girlfriend where, you know, we're looking like, hey, we are here because we need to get steaks. And we're walking toward the steaks and suddenly – Hey, look, pillows. We don't need pillows. We need steaks. That's anytime yeah. you go to Target, too. You walk in with a list of five things, and you walk out with, like, $140 on your receipt. Right. You're like, wait a minute. What? How did this happen? Like, who put this stuff in my cart? Right. Shopping you could really, bulk. yeah, it really bulk. could be, like, a shopping center. Could just be a combined center is what it is. <laughs> it has everything at Costco. That's, like, Damashek's, uh, you know. Weird train of thought. I don't know. <laughs> My brain a, is a combine a, of, uh, of unrelated items. What's that? You play a drinking game behind the glass every time you tra- you're about to transition to the topic and you stop on your way there. So we're almost, you know, tipsy. <laughs> I think, I, well, either way, if you don't know this Spotify, this thing, you you just summon up a song, then you save it to a playlist, then it's there for all of time. It's terrific. Yeah, it, it is. It's it is fantastic. the best of iTunes and Pandora kind of mixed it. I want to create the uh, I want to create the DDFP playlist, and then you can share it too. Yes, you can share yes. it with the world. <laughs> Let's like, do that. She's like so astonished by technology. Well, you can create a playlist. <laughs> I'm going to do it on social media. That's right. It's you know, a mixtape. Uh, I used to make mixtapes. There are uh, there are good playlists that have already been created and shared on social media from people within this office. Uh, Chris Wesseling famously has a Best Breakups song playlist. Best Breakups. And uh, Dan Hans has just released a Deep Cuts 90s alternative playlist, which I listened to uh, last Friday, and it was pretty pretty fantastic. I can't believe that that would be true. How no, it was good. That it was good or that he made one? That Dan Hanses would create a good one. He has bad taste in music. Dan Hansis is kind of a, you know, it's interesting. Having spent some time with those guys outside of the office environment, that, you know, Chris Wessling is known as having the great Spotify playlist. Dan Hansis is known more as a jukebox curator. That uh, he's, he's good on the jukebox. He's good on the jukebox and putting together a playlist that way. Huh. Interesting. So what, so what the, defi- oh, well, so it's just your favorite songs, basically, or you can have themes. Yeah, themes or what what have you. Yeah, I, uh, I have one that uh, is kind of drum heavy. I call it uh, percussion symptoms. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, good. All right, I'm gonna work on this. I'd like to hear Ike's would be. Uh, we got to get Ike Taylor's Spotify list, and we'll just share them out, right? I got movie scores on lock. Movie? Oh yeah, Black Tie. That's his favorite kind of music, you know. Do you know? That? I listen to movie scores a lot when I'm writing and stuff for work because yeah, uh, you t- you take the uh, wor- some are some are good for workouts, um, but you take the lyrics out of it, so it's less distracting, and the music is just relaxing and keeps you focused. You on know what was on the yeah. other day was um, was uh, Brokeback Mountain. And that has one of the that has one of the most heartbreaking scores ever. That music makes you just it's a fantastic about weep. film. It is a great uh, it is a great picture. A lot of people bothered by it because they're uncomfortable with themselves. I think I don't well I don't know. What yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a very sad very sad movie. It is. It's heartbreaking. At the end, when he finds the shirt, he has his shirt and is in the closet. Way to bring the show down. Black tie. Have you seen that movie? I have not seen. Black. I, I was going to say there's surprised. no chance. Black <laughs> I remember when it was making the rounds and winning the awards. Like, yeah. It's about that time like, of year where we have guy. to assign black tie a new batch of movies to watch. Oh, for, the for tournament. 16. I would, I would love to help. The tournament. Help curate the list. Well, go ahead and throw one out there for black tie that he has to see. Uh, wow. You're putting me on the spot now. I, was, I, I forget uh, what was in the last, um, the last, last, last year we did the breakest movies like I've never, never saw. Raiders and the Godfather and stuff was all in there. Correct. Right. 
Um, this year, was, movies. Was, let's make movies that'll make black tie feel uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, was was the Big Lebowski on that? I was list? Like, the Big Lebowski should be. Black tie he, he, should, he should see it. Was not on that list. So it's the uh, first entry into this year's list. Oh, it's okay. gotta be. So it's that's a number it, one seed coming in. I feel I, like it's a one. I don't want to. I don't want to get it inside Black Tie's head. But there's no way he's gonna like the Big Lebowski. That's a weird movie for. Have you seen any Coen Brothers movies? Black Tie. Uh, I'm gonna have to run through the list. Fargo. Did I see Fargo? No. No Country for Old Men. They didn't see that. We're ready Raising, for that. Ar- Raising Arizona, I'm sure you've never nope. seen. He's he's over the Coen brothers. He's never seen any Coen brothers movie. That's yeah, crazy. Look that yeah, look that up. Look he's probably up right seen now. like he just aimed the biggest three. Is like the one he's probably seen. Looking it up right now. That's it. We should just have a Coen. He's like, I think a Coen I'm brothers not in, I'm not film into, festival. Um, what's the new movie they have coming up? Hail Caesar. Is it, yeah. I'm is not. it Coen? I mean, is it Fargo for Black Tie? If he's never seen a movie. By the Cohen brothers. I guess Fargo's probably the better one. To, that's a better entry point into the Coens. Yes. Yeah, you'll like that black tie. You'll enjoy that movie. Fargo's fantastic. Fargo. Yeah, Raising Arizona I mean, is also Lebowski is, is honestly one of my favorite films, but it's very character-driven. It's all about kind of the kooky, weird characters that, that he encounters. And I mean, obviously, the dude is maybe the kookiest of them all. Black tie won't like that movie. I think I have a fair sense for what he enjoys, and that won't be for uh, me. Don't try to peg me, dude. Uh, <laughs> what, about, what about Blade Runner? Was that on the last list, and is that one we should include for him? I'd like Black Tie to see that. He doesn't love all sci-fi, though. This is dreary sci-fi. This is what film about noir that? sci-fi. What about uh, Alien or Aliens? Um, I did see Prometheus, and I was interested oh, in going God, back no. to No, 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 it's bad. No. Well, I know, I, know, no. I know it's bad, but it got me interested in seeing Alien. It's okay. that time, you know. I mind you. Alien and Aliens are very different very films. Alien is like straight horror. Aliens is action. Kind of action sci-fi. I would go Aliens, given a choice. I think Aliens is, would be a good entry point for you, too, for that series. And then you could go back and watch Alien to see where it all began. Yeah, uh, let's let's go. So, all right, we're putting a nice list of 2016 movies. Like all right, now, now let's jump to them. We, 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 listen, what we have time to do when we're done here. Black Tie was over this show 20 seconds after it started. <laughs> <laughs> Never, oh, by the way, you guys are still. Oh, it. there we go. He did it again. He did I it didn't again. promote. I didn't Drink. promote the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Oh, I well, think it's ongoing through the off season. Yes, here. it is. Don't uh, don't tune out there. The, oh, something else. I then I start. Now I am getting random in my brain. Now I was thinking about this because yesterday I was by the elevators and somebody did that move. I was Get waiting drunk for my back elevator. Here, what? <laughs> they're getting they're getting, getting drunk, drunk back, back here. <laughs> so be it. See, congratulations and you're welcome. The. Uh, <laughs> The I, I was at the elevator and somebody walked up. Obviously, I had pushed the button as it being illuminated would indicate to any human being. And so the guy walked up and pushed the button. That again, that enrages me. I feel like I, I want to scold you. I want to say I, I want to push you down the shaft. I feel like that. it's a mild form of OCD, you know, just having to touch it to sort of it. thing. Um, but what's worse, that or the person at the crosswalk who pushes the button a million times just keeps just jabbing the button over and over again as though somehow that's going to speed up the light. I mean, I, I, I can't really. I mean, there are no winners there. I mean, there's a, <laughs> I, I don't know. what what's, They're now, both obnoxious. In the, in the defense of the elevator one, perhaps there is a thought that by pushing the button again, it's going to help the doors close. Like, is it that was conclusive for them somehow? Maybe that that is another another symbol. Why are you making excuses for I'm just people? playing devil's advocate. This is an <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get a healthy discussion and some good conflict for the viewers at home. 
or I listeners. I don't like where your head's at. I don't. I don't. Lo- don't let these people speaking off the of, hook. Speaking we of must, conflict, let's get onto your list. We must shame these people. We must <laughs> expose them. All right, I'll move on if that's your wish. You're our no, guest. I mean, Gellar. we can keep going on it, but I mean, you were talking about conflict, and we've got a we've got a good list to discuss right, here. Here we go. We've done it. We started at Super Bowl ten, then we went to twenty. I was here for that one. I was here for the kickoff, and then we did thirty on our most recent podcast. Now it's time. And by the way, programming note: we're doing another podcast from Indianapolis. Me, Ike Taylor, Maurice Jones, Drew, and I. Does that count as another segue within a segue? I think it does. I, I think you guys have to. I almost. Oh. I legitimately gave some thought to asking these two guys to rank the top five quarterbacks in fantasy in 2016. But I'm not going to do that right now. (laughs) I'm moving on to the matter at hand, and that is as of Super Bowl 40, who were the greatest quarterbacks? And the reason we're doing this again, if you're curious what the point of it is, I at least find it intriguing that there are certain assumptions made, sort of like Marcus Grant did 10 minutes ago when he said, well, if you go to play, if Peyton goes to the, or you did, Gelhart, if you go to the NFC West and you have to go and play the Cardinals and the Seahawks, Seahawks defense, very, it's very easy. Like if you ask a lot of people, who are the best quarterbacks in the NFL? Until very recently, as, in, as within the last three or four months, everybody for the last 15 years, Oh, Peyton, uh, Brady, and Breeze. Peyton, Brady, and Breeze. Well, that's not really true anymore. Don't you have to put Rodgers in there? Is it Roethlisberger in the conversation? I think Rodgers is in. Rodgers has been there for a couple years now. But people struggle to make that make that turn when they would talk about that. It's it gets to be empty rhetoric at some point. It's like Peyton Brady, Breeze, Peyton Brady, the big three. Like, well, are you watching them play? Because they because those guys aren't the three best compared to some other. Anyway. Same sort of thing. You have to address these things to see how these things evolve over the decade. And now we're to 2006, I guess, let's say February of 2006. The Steelers have just won. Beth Roethlisberger just completed his sophomore season. He had yet to have the motorcycle accident. He's not going to make this list at Super Bowl 40. Let's count it down now or count it up. I'll go from 10 down to one for the audio listener at number 10, as of Super Bowl 40, Peyton Manning is the 10th best quarterback. He is now eight years into his career, is a stats machine, has never won a Super Bowl, though. And there he is at number 10. Speaking of never having won a Super Bowl, but putting up big numbers, Jim Kelly, a casualty, if you will. But if you talk to guys that played in the USFL, they don't regard it as uh, as having really injured their career at all. In fact, they celebrate those days. Jim Kelly put up huge numbers, historic numbers, in the precursor to the spread offense in Mouse Davis's spread attack down there. Jim Kelly played for the Houston Gamblers and then, of course, lit it up with the Bills. He'd been in three, in four straight Super Bowls there. He's your ninth of all time. Troy Aikman, three-time champion, is at number eight. Just ahead of him, another Dallas Cowboy. Roger Staubach by a whisker. You can debate that one if you want to. I think Staubach ultimately a tick better. Speaking of which, Terry Bradshaw gets the nod over Staubach at number six. We've debated this. Handsome Hank is uh, one of the people who is skeptical about this. But head-to-head, you have 120 minutes of Super Bowl action, and uh, Terry Bradshaw was a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl MVP a couple of times, one of, one of those times against Staubach's Cowboys. I give it to Bradshaw by a whisker. And by the way, Bradshaw has four rings. There are three, two other guys in history that have that. So that puts him in the lofty stratosphere. At number five, Brett Favre. At number four, John Elway. At three, you might want to debate this one. Again, their career's just about wrapped up here. Dan Marino. 
then at two, Tom Brady, winner of three Super Bowls at this moment, as of Super Bowl 40, Mm -hmm. three rings, and number one, still holding the crown, Joe Montana, Galhar, how say you? Uh, There's a lot that I like about this list, (laughs) and there's stuff. I think it gets hairy in the middle here. The top, the top, no complaints. I think it'd be hard to argue with Montana and Brady being at the top. Are you cool even with Marino? Though, even though we hadn't quite seen Brady hit his peak, we didn't get this 2007 season yet, and this is when he was more in his, like, 3,500-yard, 26-touchdown range. But, I mean, his postseason record kind of speaks for itself at that point. Where I get He like, was a killer, though. That was a, at that, yeah. at, By this point... He had established himself well, I mean, as we a saw big that. game killer. We saw yeah. that in that first Super Bowl. You know, the right. infamous John Madden. I would take a knee here and go to overtime. Instead, they drive down the field. They get the uh, they get the Vinatieri field goal and they, mm-hmm. they beat the Rams. Right. Uh, well, I, I, this one's tough because Favre wasn't at the end of his career yet. But the things he had accomplished at this point, I feel, were greater in certain respects than what Elway and Marino had in their careers coming down. Hmm. Let's not forget Favre was a MVP three times in a row. Like, nobody else had ever done that before in the mid-90s. And were it not for, you know, a couple unfortunate things in the playoffs, Brett Favre might have a couple more rings. I'm not trying not to say this as a complete homer. He also <laughs> did have some terrible games in the playoffs. Like, I think this, if we're doing this in 2005, was uh, post when he had lost to Michael Vick in the playoffs and also when he had thrown, I believe, six interceptions against the Rams in the playoffs. But the things that he had accomplished and just the player that he was on the field, too, I think, I think Favre, if we're stacking these guys up, should probably be a little higher up the list. And I would f- I'm thinking with Hank, I would flip Staubach and Bradshaw. I know he has four rings, but like he also had one of the historically greatest defenses to ever set foot on the gridiron. I hear you, and people want to uh, want to point all that out. But the thing with Bradshaw is that gets lost is that Bradshaw had one of the top five arms in NFL history. People like to swoon about Jay Cutler and uh, and Joe Flacco, and though those are t- two of the greatest arms in history. But they the thing that Bradshaw had going for him, not unlike Dan Marino and Aaron Rodgers, was he could rifle it in the blink of an eye. That He could unload that thing. Um, as fast as anybody, and early on at least he could run around a little bit. And again, he was uh, he he made the transition from being a conservative QB into being the guy, the main man in that offense, and and never missing a beat. And four rings in in six years is hard to refute. Only two other guys have uh, have had that many Super Bowl rings. So I'm gonna keep Bradshaw there. Your point, uh, notwithstanding, I mean that head to head. That's I mean yeah, that's rare. Fair. Do you have that? At your disposal to to break the tie if they're if they're at all close. I mean, it is it is a team game though. And saying head to head, like, did John Elway really play? Did he outplay Brett Favre in Super Bowl Thirty Two? I no. would say no, probably not. But he gets that ring on the back of our colleague Terrell Davis. He does, but here's the thing: because I would probably move Elway ahead of Marino simply because of his ability to get out of the pocket to run. I mean, he for all the great things Marino did, he was never known as being a mobile quarterback. And Elway was kind of that guy that you certainly had to keep an eye on, especially defensively, especially earlier in his career. And even though yes, Terrell Davis had a lot to do with that win. Elway wasn't quite the passenger that Peyton Manning that we saw from Peyton Manning. I know this past Elway's going to get dented by that comparison. You know, he's I have always going to get hurt by that, and he was not. Peyton Manning was pretty much a passenger along that playoff ride this past year. Yeah, Elway was never. Elway was never that guy. No, no. And so I think I think I would I would probably flip flop Elway and Marino. Um, and you know, and again, everything else in the middle is it's it really is. 
I won't say nebulous, but uh, I think I could. I think I could stay with Bradshaw ahead of Staubach. The names that almost break through here that didn't: Warren Moon and Steve Young. I was Anyone say, Steve else? Y- got I feel like that Steve I Young. Well, I think that was where, those were the two. I feel like Steve Young should be, you know, battling with Manning because at this point, you know, Young maybe didn't have quite the numbers that Manning had, but he did have a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. So it's so yeah. I was that, and Dan Fouts. We we've slept on a little bit too here, and the, you know he never got over the hump either. You know, never even you got know what stinks about Warren Moon is that it's almost we can't really count all of his his stats in the U.S. Valent thing or the Canadian League because if you had all those numbers, I think he beats Brett Favre even now if Brett, after Brett Favre is retired in most of those passing cumulative statistics. Uh, so USFL is one of my favorite subjects for could, that reason. He could sling it. There are so Warren many Moon. guys that would be not so many, but there are a number of guys that would be in the Hall of Fame that had the USFL never existed, including Herschel Walker. Jim Kelly would be further up. Obviously, he's in the hall, but would be further up the uh, the statistical all-time numbers had he not spent those three years. Mike Rogier would probably – Kelvin Bryant, uh, great UNC running back. Anyway, the what's interesting, too, and we talked about this the other day, and it occurred to me after the fact, Marino and Elway, this is something that plagued them throughout their respective careers until Terrell Davis lands in Denver. People would always say the same thing. Well, you know, Marino's never had a running game. Well, neither did Elway. Sammy Winder was his feature back for the majority of his career. Marino had even less than that. Mark Clayton was very good, but he's not a Hall of Famer. Mark Duper, O.J. McDuffie, Irving Fryer. Marino had some guys. Elway's best ever was Rod Smith. Vance Johnson. <laughs> Rod, Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey were Red, Red, Rod very, Smith was actually were fantastic. They were a good duo for yeah. a long time. They were fine. They were good. But, that, but again, they're equivalent to Mark Clayton and uh, Mark Duper in my book. None of them are Hall of Famers, no. right? And so that's true for all those guys. You know who else that's true for? And we, I, I think we are, we're, we, everybody, it's funny how you can be a prisoner of the moment. If you, if you polled Football America right now in 2016 about who's the best ever, almost across the board, it would be somebody who's current. They, there's no regard for anything that happened uh, 11 minutes ago among, uh, that's the way narcissistic uh, 21st century people so, tend to think. And maybe that's the way people always have, have thought about things. And yet somehow I feel like we don't appreciate Tom Brady enough. As much praise as Tom Brady has gotten. Is that, is that Who's his? Corey Dillon was very good. Corey Dillon, so he had a couple of years with him. But Antoine Smith, and like, yeah, it's so fine. He had the Randy Moss experience for about a year plus. And that was that. I mean, like, really, I don't think we give him. And I know now he has Gronk, and so now it's a little bit different. But I still think that Tom Brady is the one. You, you can't even really talk about the Patriots dynasty because they're the only carryover is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. You can't compare it to, I, I say, the the 21st century Patriots are better than the 70s Steelers or the 80s Niners. Why? Well, you're not talking about that. You're talking about two guys. That's the only consistent factor is are those two fellas. That's true. Uh, which is, which is, I mean, the thing though too is when Brady was was doing that with with nobody around him is when he wasn't also putting up prolific numbers. Now that he has Gronk, who will just say it, I'm with Wesling's that said this before, and I like the same sentiment. I think he's the greatest tight end to ever. Wesling, Damashek's been saying that. <laughs> <laughs> he's the what. Gronkowski is the greatest tight end to that's ever correct. set foot on a football field. That's and now that's you see the difference that it makes for somebody like Tom Brady when he has Gronk. And, you know, he's elevated his numbers and his game to, to new heights and also this the rules and the passing offenses in the NFL nowadays. But last thing is Eli Manning is going to the Hall of Fame. No. We agree on I that? I don't know. I mean, yeah, if he buys a ticket. <laughs> 
Well, I got Peyton's enshrinement. First of all, if he plays two more years, that's why they kept Ben McAdoo was because if they had kept to Coughlin. Get Eli to the Hall of Fame. Mac, no. If McAdoo, if, if they had kept Coughlin, McAdoo would have left, and then that would have disrupted Eli. But now that they hold on to McAdoo, that means two more years in that offense with Odell Beckham, he's going to put up numbers that are going to make it uh, beyond question. No. He's going to the no. Hall of Fame. I just don't know. No. I just don't know. I, because I think I – think, Obviously, he's got the two Super Bowls. That's undeniable. But I also think that we're going to start to the hit. Patriots, don't forget, too. True. That matters. But right. we're going to start to hit a glut of quarterbacks and wide receivers getting in simply because of the way the rules change and the way the numbers have been inflated because of that. And I think Eli, when it comes time, is going to be looked at as kind of the maybe not the poster child, but one of those guys who, okay, how much is was because of Eli? How much is it because of the way the game has changed? And I think – because I think – Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, you know, these guys, Aaron Rodgers, even Drew Brees maybe, are guys that succeed in any era. Eli, 15 also, years ago, is is he Oh, I good? think, the, I I think it's about, funny you say that because I go the other way. If Eli would have been around 25 years ago, he would have been better off than he is now. Maybe. Perhaps. The thing – this is what else I like to think about and – because the Hall, I have a lot of issues sometimes with how they vote players in. It's a weird system. It doesn't always seem to reflect – the best players. It puts too much on maybe statistics or rings and things like that. When I think about like Brett Favre or John Elway or Dan Marino or any of these guys that are that are in the Hall of Fame or the guys that are going to go there like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and stuff, I can think of all these amazing plays or these amazing games or these amazing runs they went on. I come up blank when you ask me to do that for Eli Manning. Except the helmet Save catch. Save the helmet catch. Except the helmet catch. Honest to God. Well, like, what else was remarkable I, about his second I, Super Bowl I love that it that you say that, and it's so true. He, he is the king but of the Hall of Very Good. It is true what you say, and yet if you actually take the emotion out of it and try to intellectually think about what were Eli's greatest stretches, he had he has plenty of those. He, he, he's done that. Well, how about when he went into Lambeau and beat uh, the Packers when, for the when title? When Brett Favre threw a terrible interception How about when he, went into 13 yeah. and three, when he went into 13-3 and three Dallas and, I and think, took down Romo and I company? Think simplest, he's, he's had some I think He the has simplest. had the best luck in the postseason, too. Oh, the Giants! The, the Giants collection the Giants of Super Bowl general, teams is just gross. And Eli, his, um, his runs in the postseason that have ended in the Super Bowl have been a couple of the luckiest. But I will say, history. I think I think the best way to sum this up is when you're looking at a player. Did you ever, for an extended period of time, consider him among the best of his era? And I think when you look back That's at right. Eli, I don't know that. I mean, you, you you'll talk about Rogers and Manning or Peyton Manning and Brady and you know maybe Breeze. I don't know. Can't you say another and name? You see how he keeps saying and the Roethlis- same But I'm saying of the era, but of but, that era. Yeah, I know. And like I the would whole like thing, you to like, say like, Seven's name in that era. Okay, Roethlisberger the, too. But the, I would say that I don't know that Eli gets into that group. The way I would like to think about it is the sliding scale of all the quarterbacks Eli has been up against in his career. He's always at the back end of that scale. He's never at the top. Like new guys keep coming in. Like Russell Wilson's ahead of him in that scale. And. You know, Andrew Luck and, at his Andrew best. Luck, probably. I, you Cam know what? Newton, like, I think it is. Eli's it, always hanging around there it like is number one of the 10. Most, that, the Eli Manning go to the Hall of Fame thing is, is – is, I'll be sad when that conversation is gone because it yeah, we'll, continues we'll, to be we'll the replace it with somebody thing. else. You oh, know? Yeah. It <laughs> is all. great. To, like I, well, rest assured, he's going to the Hall of Fame, Giants fans. Don't listen to, to all the – well, I like Eli. He's what? a very good player. I just don't think he's going to the I'm Hall. Ju- I, I – you win two rings, and you're not Jim ben. Plunkett. You go to <laughs> just gonna and say you're not Jim, Jim Plunkett. Plunkett. <laughs> Those are how it goes. Those were the next words out of my mouth. I'm glad you said that. All right. The great Marcus Grant and Alex Galhar, what a pleasure to see you fellas once again. Check in with us from Indy. We're going to the Combine, 
and Pat McAfee and Greg Olson and Ike Taylor and Maurice Jones-Drew and Handsome Hank and uh, many other people will be out there to see us in the Hoosier State. It's a return of sorts for me. That's where I matriculated for four years. Sad I won't get to go down and see any Hoosier basketball, though. I don't no no trips to Assembly Hall for you. Nah, I know. I really wish I could uh, find time for that, but I'm sure we'll have fun. So be on the lookout for that, and we will kibitz with you later in the week. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Now I'm going to make a basket. Watch this. Enjoy the combine. Bang. Oh. Oh, there it is. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com.